From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is Crosswalk. Being a child of God means being like Him and keeping the right attitude about the world around us. And keeping the right attitude keeps us from focusing too much on the things that really won't matter in the end. Think about your own attitude in the daily stuff of life. Where are you in the attitude? What has had its influences on you? And how could that be changed? We're picking up where we left off last week as Pastor Clay explains having an attitude of gratitude for what God has done not only honors Him, it also keeps us moving in the right direction. In today's message, the Apostle John has something to say about our attitude toward God and our attitude toward the world and the difference that it can have in our daily lives. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series, Building on the Basics. Now, here's Pastor Clay. John chapter 3. Uh, I want to share a couple of ideas. Uh, we started with, in 1 John chapter 3 last week, and we shared uh, this, uh, this idea from verses 1 and 2, and it was this. The right attitude toward God can make a world of difference. If you were here, you may remember that. I'm not going to go over any of the things today. I, I think some of the blanks may be filled in for you from last week, uh, but I encourage you to go back and read verses 1 and 2. Uh, the right attitude toward God, this thing about appreciation and all that kind of stuff, how that can make a world of difference in your life. This, but the second idea from 1 John chapter 3 that I want to try and share at least some of this morning is this. The right attitude toward the world can make a godly difference. Um, John has a lot to say in, in here, and unless you've slept through, and I realize that's always a possibility, but unless you've slept through a significant number of these messages in First John, uh, you will recognize that the things that John says uh, he, are things that he has said before. He keeps saying these things over and over and over again. And he's not saying these things because he's forgotten that he's already said them. He's not uh, saying them because uh, he's, he's being rude. He's saying these things because as he writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he knows that the things that he says to us are really important for us. They're important for children. They're important for teenagers. They're important for adults who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. Any of us, these things are important. And so he keeps saying these things, keeps hammering these ideas home again and again and again and again. And one of the uh, ideas, as we're going to read now here in just a minute, one of the things that he keeps uh, bringing out to us, and this is not going to be new if you've been in this, in this uh, series, especially in the part in First John, one of the things he's bringing out is, is that you and I, that we need to aim higher than the world. There, there's, this, there's this call over and over. We've got to aim higher than the world. And I want to read it to you. First John chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 3. Y'all here? Y'all with me? Listen now, think about it in the context of what you've heard about missions, in the context of worshiping God and who this God is. Listen to what, what he says here. He says, and everyone who has this hope fixed on, on him, capital H, on, on God, purifies himself just as he is pure. In other words, you, you desire to, if you, if you have this fixed hope in God, if your relationship is with him, then you know that you have to come out. You have to live a life that's uh, different. Everyone who practices sin practices sin, also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. Hello. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness 
is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin. That's a key word right there. Because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. This is, obviously this is a biblical concept. You find it throughout the pages of God's word. But nobody, I think, nobody says it more often in a shorter period of time than John does in his letters. Where he says over and over and over and over again, Hey guys, y'all followers of Jesus? Then follow Jesus, and that means you're going to come out of the world, the, the, the world system or, the, or the, the, what drives the world or the, the practices of the world, that now you're going to be different. You're going to live different, act different as a result of this change in your life. It just has to change you. John says it over and over and over again. You and I are called to, to be different. Not better, but different, Right? One of the things uh, that's for sure, if you go, not only to China, but if you go to any other place, oftentimes in the world, um, you, you stand out, right? There's no, there's no question. You, you stand out. It, it takes about two minutes for a crowd to get around you because uh, depending on where you are, the, the idea of seeing a, a, a Westerner, seeing someone that looks like us is so foreign uh, to them. It makes you different. And people can tell. Followers of Jesus ought to be different. Uh, maybe we might not, we might or might not, depending on where you are in the world, but for the most part, the, the person that you work with, you might not look that different from them, physically speaking, but in our, in our life, in our actions, in our attitudes, in our decisions, here it comes over and over again, John, uh, John is saying it, over and over again, John is bringing it home, because John knows how quickly we can forget, I think. He says, hey guys, you're different, you belong to Christ now, it's not, this, it's, a, it's a different idea of what, what's the priority of your life ought to be different than, than what it was. Listen, here's, here's the way the Apostle uh, Paul uh, puts it. And I want you to see here kind of this, this same idea in Colossians chapter 3, where he says, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ. He says, okay, since, since now you, you, you say you're, you're born again, set your sights on the reality of heaven. You see what we're saying? Aim higher. Aim higher. Folks, anybody can aim at this world. Anybody can live for this world. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why? Because you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Does that sound like John? Same thing, saying it over and over again. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. There is a, there's a judgment day coming, folks. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, uh, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You've put on a new nature and been renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. To know him and to make him known. There it is. Again, 
You and I should aim higher than the world's standards. That's not a hard one to hit, to aim higher. That's a calling. Not easy in the world in which we live. Here's a second idea real quickly uh, this morning. Accept that you won't be accepted. In verses uh, 12 and 13, it says, Now, as Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother, and for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world, what's that next word? Hates you. Do not be surprised. John said, hey, hey, don't be surprised if the world hates you. And the, and the biblical example that he gives is the, the biblical example of the first murder where Cain killed his own brother Abel. And, and John says, you know why he did it? Because Cain's deeds, his, his desires, his life were evil and, and Abel's were righteous. And Cain couldn't stand the fact that, that Abel's deeds, life, was considered righteous while his was considered evil. And he hated his brother for it and murdered him. Listen to me. Not much has changed in the few thousand years since that time. That is why increasingly, we're talking, you know, we've said this, and it's going to increase, folks. I'm just telling you, it's going to increase. But that is why more and more followers of Jesus, whatever particular state or whatever, uh, whatever, more and more followers of Jesus are told to sit down and shut up. You have no right to say that anything is wrong. You have no right to to say that the Bible uh, is, the, the Bible forbids transgenderism. I'm sorry, that's the hot one right now. Right? The, the Bible says that homosexuality is sin. The Bible says that God's design for marriage is not divorce. God says that you have no right to, to proclaim all of these things. But who, who's going to? Who's going to say it if we don't tell folks that God has a standard that's different from ours? And if this is one of the things that kind of bugs me about some of the current church growth methods. Is that people say, well, you, didn't, you, know, you, you really got to just kind of tone it down. You got to tone down the rhetoric. We got to meet people where they are. And certainly there is truth in that. But ladies and gentlemen, if we meet people where they are and leave them where they are, what have we done for them? If, if we don't say, listen, I love you and I love you enough to say that what you're doing, God says is wrong. Now forget about me. I'm not even, forget about me. God says what, that whether it's this or that, and it doesn't even have to be sexually, whatever it is. God says this is wrong. I'm telling you this so you can come out of it and God can, can, can deliver you uh, out of it. If we don't tell him that. Well, you know, what we, we just have to, we have to, we have to love people uh, and, and by, by showing them uh, God's love in tangible ways. Again, a- absolutely true. But if that love means that we never confront their sinfulness, then we're pl- I'm, I'm just telling you, we're playing right into the devil's hands. We're playing right into Satan's hands because we're leaving people where they are. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. That's not the gospel. The gospel changes lives. It does. And if if what I say to you or what you say to somebody else, if it doesn't change that person's life, then either they've missed the gospel you tried to present to them or we've not presented the gospel because the gospel changes people's lives. And you you and I just have to put on our big boy pants and say, hey, not not everybody's going to like me. Because I'm a follower of Jesus, and, I, and I'm not ashamed. Uh, to, listen, didn't, didn't Jesus say this? Uh, real quickly, look at uh, Luke chapter 6. Blessed are you when men hate you. Well, Jesus, really? Blessed? Doesn't feel very blessed. 
Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Now listen, that's key. For the sake of the Son, not for the sake of your, not for your attitude, not for your thinking you're better than that. No. But when they actually scorn you, forsake you, hate you because you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus says you're blessed, actually, because that's better than this. Again, Jesus, uh, John chapter 15 if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Welcome to the club. Folks, I, listen, I'm not saying that we ought to go out of our way to, to, to make people angry. I think that, that church crowd out there and wherever that is, I, I've mentioned them several times, whatever the name of that church is, where they protest at the funerals of soldiers and all this stuff, that, 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 is, that is as wicked, quite honestly, that is as wicked as, as, as uh, people... Practicing homosexuality. It's just, it's, it's, that's sin as well. That, that's not, that's not God. That's not what we ought to be about. No, it, it, we love people enough to actually say, listen, here's what God says about our life, my life, your life, uh, how to do this, what to do with our money, uh, how to spend our time, what, how we ought to parent, how we ought to be a spouse, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's what it does. So accept that you won't be accepted if you stand up for Jesus. It's, it's, just, it's just okay. It's just say, all right, yeah, I can live with that. And then one final idea real quick this morning. Act on love for your brother. I'm going to read it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because John is going to return to this subject next week in chapter 4. But he says in verse 10 and 11, um, let me read it. He says, By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Do you see the connection between righteousness and love? You can't... It's... For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should, would you say that with me, please? Love one another. Verse 14, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He said that's part of the evidence, how you know that you're a true follower of Jesus. Because you love the brethren. And is he talking about your biological brother? Not really, no. No, he's talking about that person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you or over on the other side of the room from you. Who has a need or, or needs someone. That's what he's saying. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever has the world's goods. And sees his brother in need. And closes his heart against him. How does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. This John, John just keeps hammering the same subject, but particularly this love idea. He keeps hammering it again and again and again and again. And he kind of brings it all. It really all comes home to roost, doesn't it? There in verse 18, when he says, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let your eyes fall on that. I think I said this a few weeks ago, but... John saying, talk is cheap. So he said, talk is cheap. And listen, John's not saying we shouldn't tell people we love them. He's not saying we, we shouldn't say that we love people. What he's saying is, is that talk is cheap. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't translate into action, if, if, I can't, if I can't love one, one of you when I know about a need and you can't love me or someone else when you know about a need, then John's saying, is that really love? Is that what love is? For a family member, you would do it, Right? If you had, if you had a, a, a child, right? By the way, those of you that are raising your children and you're thinking, oh, I can't wait till my children get grown. Let me tell you, they're always your children. 
their problems just get bigger. Like they, they just get bigger, you, your, their problems get bigger. You still pray for them, you still love them, you still hurt when they hurt, all that stuff still goes on. I'm telling you that. But if they needed something, if it was within your power to do it in some way, that it was good for them, the right thing for them, you would do it, right? Do you love, look, look around these people, look, look, look around the people in this room. Do you love these people enough to do that? To do whatever the need was, to say, oh, I, didn't, I, did, I just heard about that need. I just, I just, all right, I need to get off this because it's, we're coming back to it next week. Uh, apparently, John knows that, that our love, it's not that we don't love people, but sometimes we get so busy and all that stuff's going on. Listen, let me just say this. We are not, we're not of this world. We're different. We have to aim higher this, this world. We have to not be surprised. Uh, we have to accept the fact that we're not going to be accepted in this world. And we have to act on our love for each other. That, 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 that makes a difference. Let me, let me give you the reasons why real quickly. Um, because it's reflective of God's love for us. People see it and God's glorified. When they see us loving in that way, sacrificially, unconditionally. Oh, well, if they, well, they didn't do it. I needed this and nobody showed up and did this for me. You know what you call that? conditional love unconditional God is glorified because that's how God loves us is it not does God not love us that way second it's attractive to people looking for love this may be hard for you to believe in some sense I had to think about it a minute having just come from a place that's very highly populated but by and large the world is a very lonely place I know seven billion people on this planet But in my experience in trying to minister to people all over this world, I have found that to a large degree, a a significant number of people are just flat out lonely. They just feel unloved. And and I still am of the belief that, that when we love that way unconditionally, transparently, when we love sacrificially, that it still, I still believe it can be like moth to a flame, that people are attracted to that kind of idea of love. And then last idea, it's supportive for the people of God. Not only is it a lonely world, but it's, it's a tough world, right? Anybody argue with that? It's a hard world at times. It really is. And knowing that somebody has your back, Stan alluded to that, in, I think in Rick's video, that knowing that, that the church back in the States is, has our back, is the way he put it, that you're praying for them and lifting them up. That's, that's love as well. That, that it, man, it's good to know that, that, y'all would go to, that y'all would go to war for me. And I would go to war for you. And, the, and the, I, I hope that's what we would do. That, that's what love is. We're not of this world. It's different. So uh, Peter says this. First Peter, let me give you this. Chapter 2. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against your soul. Peter says, listen, since this is not your home, don't act like it's your home. Don't settle in. Don't settle down. Sure, we're here for a little while. But this, this is not what it's about. It's about something more. Aim higher and see what God does with our lives with that. God has done so much for us. And as Pastor Clay explained in today's message, having an attitude of gratitude for what God has done not only honors Him, it also keeps us moving in the right direction. As we heard today, we are still a work in progress. God is shaping us to be more like Jesus in our daily lives. It's exciting to think about being a child of God, but being a child of God means being like Him. And keeping the right attitude about the world around us keeps us from focusing too much on the things that really won't matter in the end. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. 
Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting. If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Clay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. A new church for people like you. Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.